Hey Zen friends, welcome to Crazy Zen Life. I'm your host, Brittany Swan. And I'm your host, Shannon Kessler. Join us as we navigate life on and off our yoga mats. This is a podcast about mom life, boss life, and body life. Real conversations about self-discovery and the journey of becoming more mindful in this crazy Zen life. I love a Monday energy. The energy is high. I know we haven't done a Monday in a hot minute and I feel, I we're feel trying. good to be back on a Monday. We're trying. We're trying yeah. to keep it going. <laughs> I had a lovely family brunch yesterday. Oh, nice. At Lemu. Mm-hmm. It was for my brother's birthday. His yeah. birthday was four weeks ago, but hey, you know, hey, better late than never. You got to celebrate when you can. That's a Corona for you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just do mm-hmm. it when you can. And we celebrate at Lemu for those that are from Louisville. It's a great brunch spot. I, I mm-hmm. really love it. So They have an amazing drag brunch if you've never gone. I don't think they're doing it anymore. I don't think they can right now. Right, obviously. Yeah. I think I hope they bring it back. Yeah, I hope so too. Cause that's, I mean, if fun. you ever come to Louisville and you need a good place to go, Lemu, great for brunch. But if you can get on the docket for drag brunch, buckle up. It's I, so much fun. I really love it. Um you know, I, I, I go to brunch for mainly like two things, mimosa, and I love getting a Bloody Mary. I have all mm, the beverages. Yes. I usually have a coffee to end it. I mean, I had just everything. Yeah. But also my favorite breakfast to order is a lox and bagel with mm. an over easy egg. Mm-hmm. They were out of it, but I was able to experience their veggie omelet and it was to die for. It had lots of mushrooms, lots of broccoli. I Yum. highly recommend it. It came with like a nice spring salad, which I'm always a big fan of salad, like to offer a little bit of fresh crunch, you right. know, to the in the brunch yeah. mix. Yeah. But I do have to note at Lemu, they have a giant bowl of cereal that you can order of Lucky Charms, and I'm like, love it. if you have that on the menu, like you're just winning. Right. I agree. I mean, my kids love to go there. I know. But if we go to celebrate someone's birthday, um, they love going because they're like, can we get the Lucky Charms? I'm like, the big bowl? Heck yeah, you can. And it's massive. It's massive. Ma- it's bigger I, I feel than like my it's head. like a full box. <laughs> I know. I'm like, there's no way you're finishing that. But it's just, I mean, and then yeah. it gets all gross. But they, they, yeah, they love it. It's like, who wouldn't want that at a restaurant? And it's kind of right. fancy. Yeah. You know? it's, yeah, exactly. It's fancy, but you could eat Lucky Charms. Yes, please. come true. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> and also, I've been totally jiving out on Nick Jonas's new release. Mm, I love Nick Jonas. I do too. He's just a he's dreamy, dreamy little. I mean, I feel like an old woman, and I shouldn't be saying that he's so <laughs> cute. But I'm like, he's so cute, and like, I love his music. I I really like his music. I'm, I'm not a big right Jonas now. Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't really love the Jonas Brothers music. I mean, it's oh. good. It's catchy. Oh. I love it. Yeah. You know, it's it's definitely danceable. It's fun to play by the pool. But for some reason, I like his like tone of like this mm-hmm. has more of an R&B feel. Yeah. I highly recommend his new release. It's called Spaceman. It's so good. I've been listening to it on the repeat. Love it. Run it back, girl. Run it back. So tell the folks what we're talking about today. Okay. So today we are diving into the tabloid culture. And in what era? In what era? Specifically late 90s, early 2000s. And I think I can speak for a lot of us who, I mean, feel the same way of, I mean, I think we all had that, you know, we couldn't wait to get the new Us Weekly. We couldn't wait to, you know, just pop into Starbucks. Hopefully you find one laying on the table and you're like, oh, I'll take that with me as I go. Um, I used to love to read these when I would get like pedicures done. I'm like, I, I loved it. Like I, I lived for these moments and yeah. I know that I am part of the problem. <laughs> like I was definitely buying these things without realizing the kind of violation of privacy I was contributing to. <laughs> um, but I think to say the least, to say the least, right. Uh, to, but looking back at like what we were absorbing in the late nineties and early two thousands is a lot. I mean, yeah. we saw it as maybe just headlines, but like subliminally, like what we were like just ingesting through these magazines is a bunch of fucking horseshit. I just want to pull this up real quick. Um, if you do just an Us Weekly March 2001 search on the Googles, um, there are 2001. Yeah, 2001. Because I was like 20 years ago. Let's just look at 20 years ago in March. What was happening during that time? Um, and a lot of Kardashians on the cover, like Life and Style has Khloe Kardashian that says, how I got thin fast. Then Us Weekly is Courtney 
Prego, and then Courtney Skinny says how I got my how I got thin fast, and then Life and Style slim down super fast. Us Weekly get thin fast. How they get thin fast. Uh, how they get thin fast. I mean, there are pages and pages and pages of you know celebrities in bikinis with the tagline "How to get thin thin fast." Mm. Um, I mean, just it's that really doesn't dis- seem very productive or it's just right like it's bullshit like why the fuck do we need to see that number one and why is that something that you feel you need to put out there for women i mean there's a star thing with kim kardashian that says she's gained 65 pounds i'm like jesus christ like let the girl be let her be she wants to gain 65 pounds let her gain 65 pounds yeah we're gonna get to the kardashians in a minute because i feel like as much as you hate them you gotta love uh, for the yeah. the switch that they took. Mm-hmm. They they flipped the switch, and I really do appreciate that. Well, if anyone is kind of sitting, if they're our age, they do kind of maybe have like a, the PTSD of oh, the two yeah. thousands for sure. Like we all remember it. Yes, we contribute to it. Mm-hmm. We, we we bought the Skechers. <laughs> <laughs> we had the oh low-rise jeans. I had the white eyeliner. Had the crispy hair. Like right. it, it totally bought into everything. I mm-hmm. wanted to be these people so bad. Oh, I for watched sure. TRL. I downloaded or not download. I didn't download shit because I couldn't do that. Right. Um. It was dollop. Right. Um. I bought everything. I wanted to be these people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember shoving my ass into a pair of pink corduroys so I could look like Britney Spears with like a torn up T-shirt going out to the clubs, like looking like fly. Right. I will never forget that. But putting that kind of expectations on myself could you imagine the expectations they felt exactly which is what we're talking about today because the Britney Spears release of her documentary really made this more public exactly so we're gonna go down a couple of things all right what you got girl I got some just I went a little history diving yesterday because I wanted to see like can we kind of pinpoint something like where did all this start to happen Mm mm-hmm and, you know, there's various articles, and I will link them. Um, I found a lot of things on Variety. And I trust kind of the pop culture information coming from Variety. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, like you've done your research. Right. You've done backlogging. So just to give you a little bit of a history of the highest or the biggest headlines um, in 19, the 1990s. Okay. Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee sex tape. Ooh. Do you remember that? I think they, were they the, the original? They were the OGs. The like, OG but, sex scandal? But if we're going to ask these questions now, like, why, why, why do we, they were married? It was consensual. Right. And someone broke into their house and stole this tape and put it out, out in the ether. Right. Which it lives forever. Because. How, what a violation. Uh, and we yes. felt we could weigh in on that. Right. I mean, that's what the, again, like that era of Girls Gone Wild and selling, you know, these celestial stories of these poor girls that were trusting people that they didn't know had cameras at the time, just having a good ass time and then like their tits show up on tv and you're like what is that right oh my god oh my gosh i totally forgot about the mm-hmm. girls gone wild but that oh you can't that's another him. PTSD. Yeah, he's a he's a fucker douchebag um monica linsky and bill clinton which we've touched on that mm-hmm. through the britney spears episode but even that um that just that poor girl is yeah. now i mean oh. she is a ta- she is a forever tagline she is but do you follow but her she's taken on, on she's taken back <laughs> i follow her on twitter i'm like she uh, is one of the only people i follow on twitter and she's really fucking she's funny she's really good and she i mean she, she owns she, it yeah she owns it she's definitely in on the joke if you will but has made it in like a, a a fuck you stance of like no you don't get to do this anymore this is my name i get to use it right good for you i know good for you girl Pee Wee Herman arrest. Oh, that one hit me hard. That, you know, um, although, yes, it was against the law. Yeah. Is it a felony? It's not. I looked it up. It's not a, It's not any kind of felony. It is a misdemeanor. Really? For what he got arrested for. If it, if you jog your memory, he was arrested in a movie theater for indecent exposure, for masturbating in public. Um, but it's a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he paid his fine. And since then, he has gone through several mental health issues and has not been seen from again. Yeah. For a misdemeanor because the public weighed in on him. I just, I'm not saying, you know, whatever you're going through, but is that worth it? He never made another movie, never made another dollar. Yeah. Cut from everything. And then this is kind of a weird one for me. Hugh Grant caught with a prostitute. I think he was, I wanted to say prostitutes, but I didn't look deeply into that. <laughs> so the, the toots on that one. Yeah. <laughs> toots. <laughs> but again, like and to me, okay. 
<laughs> why is that my business? Right. But we made it our business. And yeah. it was all about how he affected like Elizabeth Hurley. And but that's their private life. I, right. We just made it our business. So it really got it just really kind of piqued my interest, too, as we I dove in. Like, why? Why are we having all these questions about these other sinful things? And as Variety reported, in the 19, in 1989, there was a big push as they crossed over into a new decade to kind of redeem our sins from the 1980s. It was a very drug era. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even the 70s, like they they really wanted to make a push, like let's bring back the nuclear family, let's bring our world back together, our country back together. Um, now, I, me being eight years old, I don't know, if, <laughs> I right. can't remember if it was yeah. torn apart, but according to this article, that was the sentiment. They really wanted to push forward with a more wholesome type atmosphere, especially in the United States. So it's no shock that with the rise of technology, with Mm -hmm. the rise of websites, um, I did get a couple of stats here. Um, With 3,000 e-magazines that were launched, there was only a little bit of money allocated to advertising dollars to websites. So because TV and publications controlled everything. Mm -hmm. So the websites could really put out whatever they wanted. And it was kind of like throwing spaghetti against the cabinet. Mm-hmm. Like they just want to see what would stick. And so it wasn't the national inquirers that were getting all these dollars. It was at first, but MSNBC calculated more than half of the money when the Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton thing came out. Now, is this online? This is online. Okay. And this is what, 96, This This started coming out in 96, 97. So in 1996, there was over 3,000 e-magazines that were launched. Yeah. I, again, I, I mean, 96, 97, I mean, I would have been 17, 18 at And that I didn't time. have access to I mean, to I wasn't, yeah. Like, I, it's not until I went to college in 97 that I had my very first email. And that was, <laughs> no, you had right. to go to the computer lab to log on to that. Like, I didn't have one in my room. I wasn't, I and I, it certainly wasn't a place I was going to I wasn't going to shop online. I wasn't going to dig up news online. I was there to literally write a paper and that was pretty much it. So remember when you had to like cite your sources and you had to, oh, cite, yeah. you had to provide mm-hmm. one web store. So I'm like, oh no, not the web. Yeah, get on the web. I'm like, can I just find a book? Now, could you imagine <laughs> how to find something in a book right. instead of online? Yeah. Like that was our life. That yeah. was our struggle. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I was like trying to log on to something. I was like, fuck this shit. I know. I'm like, I hate this. I got so angry, so angry all the time. Yeah. But it does make sense because they got to print whatever they wanted. Yeah. There was no checks and balances. Right. They were just kind of seeing like what would stick. And so they could print a lot of things that were uh, fallacies. So now then into the 2000s. Mm-hmm. So they started figuring out like, oh, people pay for pictures. Right. And that's the rise of the paparazzi. Yep. And it's, I mean, I don't think that train has, it, it's definitely still there. Because, I mean, you look at like the paparazzi has been around for a long time. And I know that in the UK, that realm of paparazzi makes the US paparazzi look very tame. I mean, they are you know, a lot of people believe I'm one of them that believe that the paparazzi are why Princess Diana was oh, hell, hell in a yeah. car accident. And um and that's not the I mean that the exploitation of the royal family and just the I mean just everybody in a state of power in UK has been under a tabloid thumb at some point. And they and they they've got a lot of people on the ground working for them and mm-hmm. finding these sources. So, um, you know, it's not just a U.S. culture, but I think the U.S. culture is a little bit more, and I'm not going to say more sensationalized because I think both are sensationalized. I think it's just more of a, in the early 2000s, we were so thirsty for a glimpse <laughs> into the life <laughs> of people that we admired. I mean, from Britney Spears to, um, you know, Tara Reid to these people that framed you know, our way of thought, thinking, films, all of these, you know, even from music, like we were so obsessed with how they looked because we were seeing them on magazines all the time. We were seeing them in TRL all the time. We're like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. It's so great. But with very little like backlash of what that could mean for the person being plastered on the front of these pages. Like what did that mean for them? And I think that, you know, the Framing Britney documentary was a really crazy wake up called for like oh shit we we fucked this girl up like we really did want to see and be a part of her everyday life so bad that 
we cost her her life, you know, like in the sense of like the freedom that she has to have one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, even in thinking like, okay, well, we did that to one person. Like who else did we do this to? Right. You think about Lindsay Lohan and you think about the Paris Hiltons and the Olsen twins. And there was just so much that I don't think it, anyone really thought of them anymore as a person. Yeah. They thought of them just as an image. Right. And we're going to manipulate that image in whatever way that we, we can and we will. Mm-hmm. And What's really sad is that I think that as a public, we felt the right that we could weigh in. Right. We could cast our vote. And yes. that's something I think that right now we're, we're kind of paying for that. But also I think yeah. we're, there's an awakening. I think a lot of it too is we weren't willing to accept responsibility or take accountability for what we were doing. It was like, well, they're celebrities. They signed up for this. No, they didn't. Nobody signs up to have their privacy ripped out of their control nobody signs up for that I don't care how famous you think you are nobody wants that to happen I mean and there's there's a whole realm of people that you know the celebrities especially in the 2000s if you weren't making a movie then you weren't on a press junket you didn't have a way to be in front of people if TRL wasn't calling you to be on stage then how are you going to connect with these people so I get that a lot of these celebrities you know, wanted the paparazzi attention because that kept them, you know, literally in your hands in, you know, in a magazine form and they they stayed relevant. They stayed on your radar. They did that stuff. I just feel like it, I mean, whether they wanted that attention or not, doesn't mean that gave the, like the accountability to the public still needed to be there. Like if you stop buying the magazines, they'll stop chasing the pop stars. Mm -hmm. That's, that that's just how it works but none of us were like nope nope we're good we're good still gonna give you my 4.99 and give me my, <laughs> my magazine because see i just want to see when they go grocery shopping what do they put in their cart like and that I was one thing yeah. yeah and that was one of the biggest selling they talk about that in variety that was the one thing people bought the ma- magazines for mm-hmm. they wanted to see just like us the just yes. like us mm-hmm. um little centerfold or whatever yeah. that was and they wanted to flip through and see him at the grocery store. They wanted to see him at the park. They wanted to see him having a kid's birthday party. Like everyone wanted to see that. I know I did. I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, oh my god. But yet, but not too much like us. Right. No, you have to be on a higher echelon. But when you have, when you're a celebrity and you have all these access to people and clubs and drugs, it's not going to be shocking. You're going to be caught at your lowest of low. Right. Which, you know, and that, that's what I'd like to touch on too is looking at, you know, the, the child stars and like their rise up, there have been some good stories and some really bad stories. Yeah. Like if you take like the Lindsay Lohans or the Olsen twins. Now, I think the Olsen twins are just kind of like given a big fuck you, well, <laughs> the, but they, but they've made their name and they're like, I'm, yeah. I'm fine. You know, I think they're, they're a really interesting duo. Um, and we'll just touch on this, but just in the past couple of days, there's been a, um, an interview that's been leaked that was from 2004. It was the first time the Olsons were on Oprah and Oprah's coming under a lot of fire with this because you can see in the interview, um, Oprah brings up in the tabloids that people are starting to accuse Mary Kate of having an eating disorder. And you can kind of see both girls get uncomfortable with it, you know, and it's like, okay. Um, And then, you know, one of them, I think Ashley says, you know, like we don't believe the good or the bad because it's just, and she even said, she's like, it comes with the territory. You just can't read all this stuff. Cause you know, not of it's not true. And then Oprah kind of cuts her off and it's like, well, what size are you? And they're both kind of like, look at each other. Like, I, I don't like shit. This is a question. Okay. Uh, and they were like, um, I don't really know because we have, we're small people and we have to get everything tailored. Like nothing fits off the rack. And, Oprah's like oh you're you're not obsessed with size I'm obsessed with size and you know and she laughs and the audience laughed and they giggle and but just even to see that like it was you can just kind of see on their face that they're really uncomfortable with this question and it was like Oprah didn't have a single qualm about asking about you know what size are you like why why don't you know your size that's weird that you don't know your size no well, not only that they when don't she made a joke the audience clapped and cheered yeah and laughed mm-hmm and okay, then just on, on these two, they've been working their entire lives. I mean, they fell on the scene with full house. And then from there at nine months old, at nine months old. And then by the time they were 10, they were millionaires. I mean, they had a billion dollar brand in dual star productions because they owned their own production company. Like they did everything in house. 
They didn't have to leave. They first time they worked on a, a studio movie was right before they turned eighteen. That's the the um the one where they were in New York, which I loved. Oh, that is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, New York Minute. I think is what it's called. Really. That's a great movie. It's actually. a great movie. Yeah. yeah. So that's the first time that they actually worked with the studio, and they talk about like it's weird because we've always had complete control over everything we've done, and they've done fashion. I mean, they had their entire brand, um, which was know, huge, huge, which is where they made you know a shit ton of their money. Mm-hmm. But they also had straight to video releases, so they cut out the middleman a long time ago. I mean, these are people that really had a great support system and, and great family around them. And, you know, you you look at that and I'm like, gosh, I wish everybody had the opportunity that these two had in that sense of like you had the right people, you had a good team, you had people that believed in you and you also had people that let you have creative control over your endeavors. I understand that that's not the case for like a lot of the, you know, people that are in Hollywood, but it's just fascinating but that's not the, the sentiment that we always get from their story is because remember when they were 17 about to turn 18 and there was literally a countdown. Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And How, it was on, that, think, that is to me alone is shameful. Yeah. And as a culture, we were like celebrating that. So yeah. what does that mean when you turn 18? Right. You're an adult. adult. Exactly. So basically we're like, it's like they were fair game then. Because mm-hmm. people were waiting. They were like, do you think they'll do Playboy? Do you think they'll do more, um, you know, sexy? Are they going to ramp up and sexify their image? And they wanted nothing to do with that. Like they, they were alert. trying to go to <laughs> NYU and like they realized they couldn't live on campus because there's just too many people. It's just too hard for them. All they mm-hmm. wanted to do was be normal kids. And they even said in the interview, they were like, you know, we really wanted to go to our senior prom, um, but we had a decision. It was either go to senior prom or host SNL, you know, and the audience laughs and it's like, well, it's like, well, what'd you do? They're like, well, we hosted SNL. They're like, you know, when is that opportunity going to come around again? Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, again, we've watched these two kids literally grow up in front of our eyes. I mean, I know I was a huge Full House fan and we watched every episode probably six times. Silly. Um, that was silly. I could like loved it. still loved it. I mean, again, I'm the lines. Of those yeah. But it's watching their career, like they've been chastised so much for wanting to stay private. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Like, why Why can't we grant them that? Why can't we as people just be like, can't they just have their own? Like, can't they smoke their cigarettes in peace? Can't they drink their Diet Cokes in peace? Can't they just, can't you just leave them alone? Like, just let them create their crazy sunglasses and boho bags and just... Oh, and wear oversized coats. Like, let them be them. Right, let yeah. them be them. If they want to get plastic surgery, too, let them. Let them. Right. Who cares? You know, and it's even taken it back to the Lindsay Lohan, where now her family, not so great. Right. They, um, <laughs> gosh. You know, whatever. Uh, there have been stories released, and I know through um, even the rich and maybe comments by celebs that they said that Lindsay Lohan's dad rejected the conservatorship they tried to get Lindsay under one. And so he was like, no, I don't think that's good for her. Like, mm-hmm. and so, you know, whatever, I don't know if you know re- the reason behind that, right. but I think that that's maybe one bright light there. Um, but what I've really been, <laughs> if you think about her going through the parent trap, yeah, um, going through her on Disney, I, I was a huge fan of hers. I wanted her to succeed. Even her music, remember her music videos and music career. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was a fan. I bought into it. Yeah. It's just the same thing with the Olsen twins. I was like, wow, she can do everything. And it's that fall from grace, like you, you think that she can do everything, right? And then they're they are humans, and they have they limits. are yeah. And she never got to. I mean, when you don't have a good stability or you know a good home life, and maybe people in your corner. And that was another thing that I really took from this. Who are in these young girls? Because obviously, there's a lot of young girls, and yeah. And I know that there's probably young boys we should, probably should mention, but right now, centric yeah. on the girls. But who's in their corner? It's like no one was really in their corner. Well, the the people that were in their corner knew how to make money off of them. Right. And they knew, especially during this time, that the easiest and fastest way to do that is to plaster you in the little amount of clothes as possible without calling you a slut. Mm. That's going to rise you to fame very yeah. quickly. Like super low rise jeans. Let's put a little camisole under it and then a blazer. Mm-hmm. So you have like three inches of your midriff showing. Right. And then three inches of your cleavage showing, but you have this little tucked in the middle. Like, do you remember yeah. that, that style? I mean, yeah. I know I wore it. I was like obsessed with go- going to BB and like trying to recreate <laughs> these outfits and like the super low rise, which yeah. is crazy. They were like an inch above your vagina. Let's right. just be I mean, honest. you had to make sure that you shaved well enough that just some happy hair didn't pop out. 
Oh you're like, God, yeah. Don't. I mean, I, I and, just, and forget it. I mean, forget it. If you have an ass, like that, those jeans are not meant to stay over your butt. Like you, you can't. Like you got a thong poking out. You got your your top of your butt cheeks. They're always just going to be on display. And it's like, why? Why? Why did we think this was cute? <laughs> why did we? And then hold on <laughs> to make it even better we're gonna throw a tassel belt around oh, mm-hmm. just to make sure you you saw how low the right, jeans were exactly you know it's, you just to make sure yeah. you didn't see it there's some shit hanging from my waist to right. make you see i'm a size zero mm-hmm. which is fucked up like that that was the that was the message that we were all getting yeah. like this is okay if you don't fit into this size right you can't wear these these fashionable denim or jeans or corduroy or whatever yeah my corduroy mm-hmm. and then if you couldn't fit into them, you were cast as, you know, I the guess. overweight one, yeah. or the you're you're the heavier one of the group. And I'm like, maybe I'm just a size four and don't fit into these low rise pants. I mean, we've seen it on several uh, Hollywood stars that have, have said um, that they were considered the heavier ones on set with Alicia Silverstone, and I mean, I would even put Brittany Murphy on in that same category mm-hmm. during the filming of. Clueless. I mean, mm-hmm. neither of them are large individuals. Like neither of them, I would have even considered them fat by any means. But that's in that time frame, they were considered. They were considered fat. They were, quote unquote, the fat ones on set. And Brittany she, Murphy had to lose so much weight to be in the movie with Ashton Kutcher, uh, Just Married. Mm-hmm. She goes on record saying that she had to, I mean, shave yeah. off the major pounds before she could even be considered. Yeah. And she never it, recovered from that, by the way. No. It was really sad. I know. And rest in peace, Brittany. I know. That was a that was a rough one. But you know, it I think that it just goes to show you that when we magnify these people and because we're in the nineteen nineties too, and I do want to talk about Tara Reed because I did a mm-hmm. little bit of a mm-hmm. deep dive on her. And yeah. I and I think this is very, very, very interesting because I'm gonna bring up two different um celebrities. Do you know what I've been loving lately? Tell me. I love walking into my closet knowing that I have just the right colors that are perfect for me. How'd that happen, Shannon? Well, I'm glad you asked, Brittany. It's because I had a consultation with House of Color Louisville, and it was the best experience, hands down, that I've ever had when it comes to fashion. House of Color Louisville teaches you how to put your best face forward. Megan has a great saying, I'm not here to teach you how to dress like me. I'm here to teach you how to dress like you. And during the color analysis process, you will see yourself in the most fine colors on you. Look healthy and vibrant when you know you lo- your wow colors. You will leave knowing what looks best on you and which colors are not doing you any favors. Clean out your closet with confidence with tips on how to implement these colors in your wardrobe moving forward. Exactly. Our style analysis takes into account your body architecture and personality to help you find your easiest, most flattering, and most authentic wardrobe ever. Learn how to shop in a sustainable way and avoid that fast fashion. That's important. Stay a part of the House of Color community for shopping tips, closet cleanouts, and more after your analysis to make it easy to maintain your new habits. For more information and to see our before and after pictures, follow out House of Color Louisville, that's color with a U, on Instagram. And drop them a message that we, the CZL chicks, sent you their way. See you there. Um, so with Tara Reid, now y'all remember Tara Reid, right? Tara, yeah. You remember Tara Reid? Of course I remember Tara Reid. She Pie. was in the American Pie. She was like that, is it Vicky? Was that her name? She had that like that sultry, voice. yeah, that yeah. voice, had those piercing blue eyes. She was just American Pie. Those just, curtain bangs kind yeah. of, like, I mean, before like she the rise of curtain She was effortlessly hot before that was a thing. Yeah, and she was kind of like that that good girl bad girl i think that she played that like mm-hmm. you kind of knew that she was she would press the limits but she still had that wholesome look well yeah i mean we saw her she played those those roles in movies very very well mm-hmm. and then her lifestyle outside of movies that got captured on camera kind of took her down a very interesting path and that was when i did a little bit of a deep dive so she had josie and the pussycats american pie van wilder which i still love mm-hmm. I still love that movie um, my boss's daughter and of course, like she was uh, just all over TRL because she was dating Carson Daly at the mm-hmm. time. And so he was, all, he, you know, so the, it, she had that good girl image because Carson Daly has this great right. boy next door kind of image, too. So that was like the rise of her. And she was everywhere. Yeah. I mean, she was literally everywhere. And she was always either 
half naked really let's be honest like Mm -hmm. she had to show her stomach off at all times and she goes on record for that because she would just ridicule ridicule her own body in the mirror all the time it's so funny she had an image to uphold right that's um this is not funny but ironic that this weekend dan and i were flipping through the tv and we landed on josie and the pussycats and i was like oh my gosh this movie is so funny but it was i mean just even looking at their outfits and like again like how they uh covered up um was it was it uh, who rosario dawson was she in that movie who was that girl? Um, I think you're right. I think it was. And then like how covered she was versus the lack of clothing that Tara Reid had. I mean, and those pants were like barely right on the hip bone. I'm like, they, she, she runs and that those things are coming off. Like it right. was just crazy just to see. Um, but it, in every scene, it was like that. I mean, she definitely was the, the stereotype in that movie. And that movie is very tongue in cheek. Like it's supposed mm-hmm. to make fun of like that culture. But like... Um, just seeing her just every episode or every scene, like crop top and, excuse me, low rise. Like, yeah, and those were things were literally in her contract. Mm-hmm. Like she had to uphold a certain image, a certain shape, yeah, a certain size, <laughs> body weight, which is crazy to me. And then, so you, you see this huge rise of her and then she starts floating in. And I wouldn't even say the wrong crowd. She's just with friends, like hanging out. Right. And of course, where do you get the best paparazzi pictures? heading out from the club mm-hmm. so that was kind of the downfall of her through the tabloids they would take pictures of her falling out of clubs and falling you know slurring her words here and there and stuff and now she does go on record to say that she did have an addiction problem she went into rehab in 2007 she received the treatment that she needed and has since been clean and and upholds a great lifestyle then but or since then but she was even shamed for her botched surgeries which i remember this mm-hmm and see back then like you I mean you didn't see a lot of that like you didn't you know she her infamous picture of leaving P. Diddy's party she had this black dress on mm-hmm. and that her dress had fallen down and you see yeah her botched surgery and she was vilified for that not like the doctor that did it and she she definitely knows so then she had to come out and tell the the public about right. her body problems right <laughs> I mean like that's and we expected that like we needed to give us answers right and so then she also had um, different sculpting done to her stomach mm-hmm. which later she had huge issues with um, she had like really big hem- like, oh, no, it's not hemorrhoids it's a different word those um, hernias okay she had hernias all over her stomach from this botched surgery and she got questioned about it all the time and all the time and all the time because we expected as a public for you to explain why your body doesn't look the way it did. Right. <laughs> I mean, so um, immediately after the 2004 picture came out from PDD's party, she was dropped from so many movies and she basically didn't work for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then it was basically a downfall from her. She did, she did say that one of the worst ideas and bad things that she did, she had a re- reality show on MTV. It was like Tara, Terralicious. Yeah, I remember. I know I didn't watch it, um, Tara, but I do I remember. The name. Uh, yeah, I remember it being like a. Should have wrote it down. I forget. It's like it. It basically, it was supposed to follow around a lot of movie stars, but it just followed around Tara. They oh. they saw it was a bait and switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, that was how it was marketed to her. Yeah, and then they saw Tara was a gold mine, like, but it was like the train wreck gold mine. Right. So it was really playing into what we had already seen on the tabloids they're like well here you want to see the ter- the train wreck in visual here you can tune in every week yeah and so it did show her at the lowest of low it's a documentary but mtv got to paint the narrative of her lowest times of her life this is when right. she was going through a lot of addiction issues and but the main thing that i think that she's trying to rewrite now is that she's like i wasn't ever seen as someone in trouble I wasn't ever seen as someone like, yes, I was painted as the train wreck, but you wanted to watch it. Right. You never wanted to help it. Exactly. And that was shocking to me because I think that would be something like a cry for help. Yeah. And then how many other people would feel validation like, hey, oh my gosh, you know, they're accepting her and she has, she has issues. I have issues too. Right. Maybe I can, maybe I can come forth with my issues. Yeah. So it's not a shock why people kind of live in this isolation through that time period. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just 
<laughs> it's a lot to <laughs> no, unpack. I it, it, it really is. I feel bad for a lot of these celebrities. I mean, I value privacy. I like not having to share everything with everybody. Like that's, I mean, I just can't imagine not having that option. Right. You know. And then, you know, I was also taking a, a trip back through the 90s too. When you look at Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we take Tara Reid and the shame yep. that she went through, right? I, I'm pretty sure we can find some Angelina right here. She's on this. Uh, oh my gosh, she's always she, over the cover of everything. Everything in the 90s. She was definitely not only vilified, but okay. Let's take the good. Like, we know that she does a lot of humanitarian efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, she works with the UN. Mm-hmm. She does a ton of giving back. She's fights for different causes in different countries. And so yeah. we know that she's not she's not a garbage human. She's fighting for things that she that she finds important. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with everything, but I do think that she's not like, you know. Well, no, she got a bad rap because she broke up America's sweetheart couple. Like Brad and Jen were everybody's favorite. Right. Like that was like. Oh, we love Brad Pitt. We love Jen Reneson. Oh my God, they're getting married. This is amazing. And then, you know. But she was allowed to come back story. You know, she went on to star in other things like Salt and uh, Tomb Raider and um, what else was there? Maleficent. Maleficent. Or Maleficent. 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 There you go. <laughs> I've been saying that wrong for too many years. Oh, side note. No, do you know there's a Cruella de Vil movie coming yes, out? Yes, with, with Emma, Emma Stone. Stone. She gonna fuck that piece up. Did I you love see it. the trailer? Yes, I did. Can't That's wait. all I gotta say about that. I know, right? All right. Sorry. A, I love a villain backstory. <laughs> Me too. I love it. I don't. I will say that it does look creepy. Yeah, I don't. I told my girls about dark. it. I'm like, I don't know if I would like to see it first before they do. Yeah. Um. I think there's also a little disclaimer. Oh, is that there? there's? Well, Disney's like, you know, this is. This is a little much. This is an adult <laughs> Disney movie. <laughs> but high five to Disney putting stuff out there that, you know, it's yeah. adult and yeah. it's great. I know. Okay, sorry. Um, so she did star in other things. So I looked up her stats and she is the highest paid actress of 2019. Really? Yeah. What was she in? I don't know. Oh. I didn't, I didn't go dive that <laughs> deep. I just wanted to see like where her clout was. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really look that far. But the thing was like she, she still she never had a fall from grace even though like that was also a sin you know so it's just like well, basically she, where she did but it, i think she didn't allow that narrative to be what she fell into like she recreated her image yeah. as like no no we're not going to play that game but here's a question do you mm-hmm. think if the tabloids could have spun it which they tried i think they yeah. did, i think they gave a hell of a try yeah they just didn't succeed but do you think if they really wanted to, they could have just sunk her ship? What do you think? No. I mean, it, because I think she is a very grounded person, I don't think that you can break grounded foundations like that. Like, I think the ones that don't have a lot to stand on are, like, it's much easier to knock those house of cards over. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yes, she had a backlash from this, but she also was like... I'm still going to live my life. We're going to have a baby. We're going to adopt some children. I'm going to keep making movies. We're going to, I mean, people still find it interesting enough to put her on the magazine years and years and years later. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but she's not, she's not also, there's not a backdoor way to getting into her either. Like she's not falling out of a limo, you know, getting, coming home from a club. So like they don't get that story to like plaster everywhere. So as much as like, we say it all the time. I mean, reality TV is only going to paint what you give it, right? So, mm-hmm. like, if you're not giving them these crazy-ass stories, then they can't paint them that way. And I think that, yeah. that for her, I don't think that she was living this crazy-ass life that people... F- they, I mean, yes, it's interesting, but, like, do you really care if her and Brad and the babies are going to Blockbuster? Probably not. You know, like, I'm not picking that up. I'm, I'm definitely going to pick it up if Tara Reid's falling out of a, you know, limo. But, like they're married at that point you're like oh man i think that kind of took some of the spark out of like the flame yeah there was something there i just you know i was kind of indifferent i was like eh, you know yeah 
I mean, I think I, I think there was like a little, oh my God, how dare she break up a marriage? But <laughs> then it's like, well, why was that all of our business? I don't know. You know, well, and I, it, I guess Rachel was our friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. she <laughs> we was. felt so connected really to her. Was. And this, this is where that? I always land with this conversation. It's like, they were so quick to attack Angelina. But I'm like, you know, it takes two to tango, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, Brad Pitt was the, he stepped out of his marriage. He was the one married. She was not. Yeah. He's that's always the case right like why? i think that that is switching now and but yeah that was always the case like how yeah that was what we heard how i remember looking she? at that how magazine yeah i i raced to the um news like the kroger to get it and i was flipping through it while i was waiting for my shift at outback i was like just pouring over it i was like oh mm-hmm. my gosh Kim, but i mean yeah you know and we were all like hovered around it like oh my god how dare she right and I were vividly remember that. And yeah. I'm like, how? I mean, no, we, we should be like saying like, hey, Brad. Right. This is I not mean, good. <laughs> you're like, douche canoe, don't do that. Stop. And you look at stars too. And we mentioned Drew Barrymore a couple minutes ago. But, you know, she she had a rise very quickly. She was in E.T. and she was in Poltergeist. I mean, those were like two yeah. great movies of the 80s. She went to an Addiction at 13. Went to... I mean, at 13. At 13. She was in that's three years yes. older than Ruby Jane. Yes. I mean, that's, that's crazy. It is nuts to me. Like when you think about this poor girl's journey, I, I say poor girl, but she has completely spun her life and career into a way that she absolutely loves. And I love that for her. I love her so much. I, I have always loved her. Um, I agree. Boys on the Side. Boys on the Side. Oh my God. One of the best movies of all time. What was the movie too? She was okay. a teenager and um, she has an addiction problem. Or she has a mental illness, mm. and she escapes with um Carson. Uh, 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 oh, Daniel! Uh, Daniel! Um, oh my gosh! I'm gonna dummy nuts. Okay, what do you think this. about it? I okay, loved. Do you remember um, when she redid Cinderella in Ever After? Oh <sighs> yeah, I loved that. That was in college for me, and I was like, that's a oh, sleeper hit. Loved that one. But she so she did it her way. You know, she's yeah. like, I've already been. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've already been through the trenches. There's nothing, I think that there was nothing else you could say about her. Exactly. Like, she's like, well, it's already been said. Right. I'm just going to be doing me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. She had her ups and she had her downs. She had her breakdowns in public. She, I mean. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Dance first done. dates. David Never Lerman. been kissed. Never been kissed. That's that such a good uh, movie. That was such a good one. Oh my gosh. Do you remember when she danced on Letterman's desk? Fever pitch. Flashed him. Do you remember that? It was great. No, I do not remember. Oh, that's iconic. What? Mad Love. Mad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good Chris O'Donnell. I was Mm -hmm. very close. Yep. That's a great movie. That is a good one. Remember they go, she has a, Mm -hmm. yeah, I believe it's a mental illness and then they escape and they kind of ride off into the sunset and Mm -hmm. then they discover like she does have manic episodes and he can't handle her and then, you know, he can't help her. Right. And she goes back and has to receive treatment but it's a great it's a great movie great movie but ahead I think, of its time oh yeah that was ahead of its time mm-hmm. i mean if only we would have played into that movie we probably could have saved so many celebrities i don't know the it probably had a lot behind right. the thing at blockbuster <laughs> <laughs> had like four four right. little cassettes yep. lined mm-hmm. up you're like no this one's always here <laughs> <laughs> but she did she got to rewrite her narrative and you know going to the people that did rewrite their narrative or wrote their own it hate it or shame it yeah. or love it Kardashians I'm fascinated by this story I mean I didn't love them when they came out but the more I'm doing a, a listen on the um, even the rich with the Kardashians now and it's a damn good story like so good and I'll say I mean I get it love or hate them I you don't I don't agree how a lot of people got famous but here they are you know mm-hmm. but I, what I love is the fact that they've been able to create They've used their platform to create things that, I mean, they're famous for being famous. You can say that that's how they got started or whatever, but they have built their way into the empires that they have now. And I find that to be absolutely fascinating. Um, They took a shitstorm and made it a rainbow. They did. And I think that there are very few times you can do that. Mm -hmm. And yes, they've, you know, maybe misstepped or or crossed the line or whatever, but they're still here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 15, 20 years later yeah. from, and I guess it was, I, I would love to actually, I'm going to, I want to watch that or listen to, listen to it, it before, it's really good. before uh, Thursday, yeah. because I think that that's a really, I used to watch keeping up with the Kardashians in the very beginning, mm-hmm. like when Bruce Jenner was on the show. Yeah. And 
I remember the very first episode I watched was when Kim thought she had another sex tape released Mm. and that she was like, oh my God, it's happening again. I was like, girl, keep your shit. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, what was my first inkling? Like, like, how dare how you? How dare you keep your shit together? And she's like, I didn't fucking leak it the first time. Yeah. Like, same thing with Perry yeah. Hilton. I didn't leak it. Like, I, we were consenting that, hey, this is going to be something for us. But somebody, like, the male in the situation is who took this and ran with it. And what did she do? She had to do, well, actually, Chris Jenner was like, listen, we're going to double down on this. Like, you want to stay in the limelight? This is how we're going to do it. It's like... <laughs> Thanks, mom. Like, I mean, pretty sure Sherry would have not had that reaction. Um, but I get it. Like, totally get it. But I was like, damn. I mean, it's it's really interesting. I highly recommend listening. But they rewrote their own story. Or they wrote yes. it. They're like, you know what? It's we like they were also back, yeah. in on the joke. They were like, okay, mm-hmm. but we're going to spin this. We're going to make a great show. I mean, hats off to Ryan Seacrest for seeing the talent from yeah. the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, become a cash cow for him. So, yeah. way to go. Yeah. And so, but also through the social media, like it was the first time we saw somebody mm-hmm. monetize social media. Yeah. I mean, Kim Kardashian released a book of selfies in 2015 that was a New York Times bestseller. Yeah, it was selfies. Selfies. Yeah, because she's like, oh, go ahead and make fun of me. It. Yeah, I mean, but, and that was, yeah, when, get, get on me from making money, you know, posting selfies. Right. Um, and that was like, she was one of the first people on Twitter, which is where she got like her following started on Twitter, which I was like, I didn't know that um, know because people wanted, and again, this is early 2000s. People wanted a more glimpse of like every day, like what, and she's like, I would get questions all the time. Like what shampoo do you use? And what lotion do you use? And you know, what, what's your favorite workout legging? Like all of these things. She's like, there was no outlet for me to tell people. And then Twitter came along and she's like, I can tell people everything like all the details that they want to know like they can have instant access to it like this is great and that became like the first like page note in her book of like ah thank you Twitter and then Mm -hmm. when you know Instagram came around and it became like visual pictures of everything that's when they realized it was a completely different ballgame that they had very much control over I was like that's off to you yeah i know right like they figured it out and i will say i have not i have not tried all of the kardashian brands but i have tried a few Mm -hmm. and i think they're they're very well made yeah i love heavily vetted the good american denim we love those i've done the kylie lip um little set i love it yeah so i mean not all of it but i like some of it i love i think it's great i have skims i love their underwear i love i haven't bought it yet yeah yeah there's this little this blue thing right here that's a the bodysuit do you see it no it's the back right. No, they did you do right there. That blue one. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, right. I know. Oh. It's really cute. Um, I think that I th- I think if you see an opportunity, mm-hmm. you should never be shamed for taking it. Yeah. I mean, so they they they, they rode not. the wave and then they figured out how to make the wave pull. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I think that it it's also uh we'll dive a little bit deeper into Kim and Kanye's divorce on. And our social catch up. But if you haven't had the chance to check out her interview with David Letterman, I highly recommend it. Yes. It's one of those that when you, it's a lengthy interview. And I think that that's something that we take for granted because you only see snippets like on a late night show or, or what a heavily edited, edited keeping up with the Kardashians. But you really see her as a real person, but also someone who is very very smart very and she's smart. working yeah. to use her influence in a more positive way yeah and i think that now that even from going back to tara reed like she's doing it too she's trying to um make her own production company she's she wants to hire mostly women mm-hmm. if not all women she wants to put women into these um powerful roles she so you can have these stories right and i think that's the beauty of today um you can rewrite your narrative you absolutely can absolutely so do you think there's a, what will, if 90s was the tabloid mm-hmm. culture and the early 2000s is the paparazzi culture and plus a little bit of the tabloids, what do you think is going to be 2020s? I mean, I think we're in it. I think the, the social world is definitely, because, the, and when, 
inter, we'll say 2008, um, was a a year where social just started to climb, like Instagram and Facebook were on the rise because that gave celebrities the chance to control the narrative and control the pictures because they had them. They're like, oh, you want to see a picture of me in a bikini? Guess Mm -hmm. who gets to post that? I do because you're not going to get more money for it if I'm the first one to put it out there. So true. So I think that, you know, celebrities were able to take their power back from that. Now, I think some of them still like to be, you know, in the papers and, I've you know people get claimed all the time they're like oh you called the paparazzi to be here and I'm like I didn't know that because that was a thing I, apparently it is apparently like, it is who um, do they call like who they, they got they got people on the inside they I'm got like who do you inside. call them like right. is there like a hotline you I think <laughs> I think maybe you know you get a, a nice path and you're like you know what I like you you step out of my way when I need you to give me your number I'll give you full access or I'll give you the first right to this photo like I'm gonna be here but don't let anybody else know Damn. Like, I really do think that's how it happens yeah. for, for these people. I'm like, well, okay. But I, I think that, to go back to your point, I think the um, I think we're here. I think the social media networks are where that level of access is. I mean, and again, like anybody can create any story and anybody can click on it. There, has, there mm-hmm. doesn't have to be validity to publish anything. But you know what's so great now? We're all questioning. We, we're like, yes. like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're raising our hand like, mm, I don't like that. Yeah. So we're not lemmings anymore. We're not following this like trail and like falling off the cliff anymore. We're, we're really figuring out yeah. like what speaks to us and, you know, if we agree or don't agree. And we can use our dollars. We can use our clicks and we can use our voices to be like, you know what? Yeah, exactly. And so I think that that's where our influence is very powerful. I think so, too. I mean, I think it's important that we hold people in the position of like, if you are someone who interviews somebody or you do have a newspaper or whatever kind of outlet you have, I think it is important to hold them accountable to be mm-hmm. like, you don't get to ask these questions and not think that the backlash doesn't come back to you because Oprah, you don't need to ask anybody what their size is. They're 17 year olds. You don't mm-hmm. need to ask people about plastic surgery. It's none of your fucking business. Like there are things that it's just like, why do you care? Like, why is this something you feel so like emphatic about knowing about somebody mm-hmm. like no really yeah i think it's interesting i think that we have said this before that it's going to be the accountability culture mm-hmm. cancel culture whatever you want to call it but you know maybe some people need to be canceled maybe some don't but right you know i think that it's whether you're going to stand up and say what you did was wrong or how you can make it better or whatever but you have to hold yourself accountable you do like we're no, we're not yeah. in the age anymore where we're just going to let it go. You're like, no, 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 no. no, no. Mm-hmm. Now, I do feel, like you said earlier, like there, there is a right to privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of like, we're going to talk about this too, but Demi Lovato, like she's releasing a raw mm-hmm. documentary, which I'm so excited about. Yeah. I cannot wait. It's a four-part series. Oh, that's going to be good. I'm so excited. Yes. But, you know, because there's been so many questions about what really happened. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have a right to know? No. We really don't have a right to not, but it's whether she's like, okay. Does she have a right to tell her story? Yes. yes. We yes, d- she does. But we should, I mean, like as a public demanding that she tell right. it. No. Yeah. If she just decided she didn't want to tell it, that's, you, th- yeah. that's great. We support that decision too. You deciding that you want to make it and do it your own way. Absolutely. I support that too. So like, I don't think it there, it's not a, a right or wrong. It's a, just ask yourself like, why am I getting pissed if they tell me no? Like. Maybe it's a you problem, not a them problem. Oh, I'm very excited about this. Yes, they have um they have a couple of celebrities weighing in about the just realities of being a celebrity mm-hmm. and the toll it takes on people. Elton yeah. John weighs in, and some other people. So I'm I'm really excited to see like their take on it too. Absolutely, because I was not privy to a lot of it. So catch yeah. up, catch yeah. up with the scene too. Let's do it. Let's do it. This has been fun. This has been fun. So fun. What's your favorite thing from the 90s, though? Mm. Or a couple favorite things, like a few. Oh, I know I can't have you ask one. I know. Um, Cheese Whiz, I know. (laughs) Yeah, I did love a Cheese Whiz. I did. I feel like, I don't know, was that 90s or was that 80s? I don't know when that came into my life. I feel like I get I was like everything was eight. It was like eighties and nineties kind 80s of thing. 90s, yeah. yeah. Um, I loved like those little butterfly clips that you would have in your hair. I fucking oh, love those. Yeah. Those, those were, were fun. Yeah, I really like those. Um, but don't put your head back on the seat rest because you're, no, like, oh. you're like, oh, those are pokey. <laughs> those is poking my head. Those were great. Yeah, those were great. Um, 
What a great fashion. I know, right? Like they were happy. They were happy. Uh, yeah. I, I attribute that to Drew Barrymore. I feel like she, oh, 100%. she was all up in those butterfly bow cups. I love them. <laughs> 100%. Mine would probably be, um, if it was beauty, it would be like lip smackers, mm-hmm. um, lip gloss, like the lip stuff. Yeah. I loved lip smackers. I think I had like the strawberry kiwi was my favorite. I loved like the, the Coke flavor, like the Coca-Cola. Oh, that was a good one. Actually, yeah. the cherry Coke. That was, yeah, that was my bomb. I love that. And one. that kind of had a tint to mm-hmm. it too. It did. Um, I think that I loved Skechers. Oh, I wasn't ever allowed to get them. So I had, oh. but I, I rock some kids. I'm like, oh, I okay, rock yeah. those. I liked kids. Kids. I feel like that was more of like a younger style for me. Like I felt like that was more fifth and sixth grade. And then I, I know, graduated I bought them way too like, late. Like I was still rocking them like in my Jinkos, I think. I can't remember uh, like what shoes I was really wearing. I wanted a pair of Doc Martens so bad. Oh, yes. I could taste it. In They're my- so heavy. I, I spent, I, okay, because I waited so tables. Heavy. Like I had a job from 14 and I saved all of my money to get a pair of Doc Martens. And I finally got them and I was like, these fuckers are your heavy Your ankles as were shit. sore. Yes. Like the tops of your feet were sore. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> it was hard to be 90s fashionable. <laughs> it was. It was so hard. Uh, I think too, um, I loved, do you remember the show? I don't know if you remember, Gullah Gullah Island? No. No. I remember that show. Okay. I remember that. That's my one of my nineties. No, like, but throwbacks. hold on. Do you know that Punky Brewster is back on? What? And it's her now. Her and Cherry are back on the show. That's crazy. I know. The girls now, were talking about this this week and they're need. like, Mom, look, and I'm like, Oh my gosh. You know what we should okay. do? We're gonna message Melissa Joan Hart and we're gonna be like, Bring, Bring it back. back Clarissa, Clarissa explains it all. Oh man. If that That was my that favorite was from the nineties. She was my girl. Like those overalls and then like the, the leggings, leggings that go underneath it with the biker shorts. Patches. Yes. I know. And she was like a fun shirt underneath mm-hmm. her tight laced brother Ferguson. I loved it. And I always loved how like they fought like crazy. But in yeah. the end, like you knew they loved each other, which is so my brother and I's yeah. dynamic. And it was a great it's, show. I love that show. Great, great show. Oh. Also, fun. making the video. Oh, yes. That was a good one. Making like, the video. I would still watch those today. Absolutely. I mean, I yeah, wait to the end. Yes. <laughs> like the debut. Like yeah. I can distinctly remember, and this was this would have been college, but um, the Christina Aguilera, um, come on over, baby. And like at the very, they're like, we're going to have a surprise, but we, can, we only have one shot to do it. So she was like kind of nervous that she was going to mess it up. But it was, um, she was walking down the stairs and like the big fat confetti comes out and it's like metallic and she's just like in it. And she was, I don't know why I remember this so emphatically, okay. but I do. She was so excited about that damn confetti. And I was like, I feel your excitement about that confetti girl. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching, making the video um, of Britney Spears, um, Lucky. I remember watching that one. She's the lucky. I, I mean, I was saying, I think I was in college. But I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, like, she's just like, you know. but looking back now, like, help this girl. I know, right? <laughs> like, she was screaming loud and clear and nobody was listening to her. Help. For years, I mean, or when do you, you remember that video? Because I think it only aired. It didn't air long in the states because um, they they pulled it. But oh, like, every time, every, yeah. And she have you rewatched it lately? Drowns in the bathtub at the end. Did you rewatch it? I haven't. You should. Okay, I did it like right before. It was our right after the social thing, right? breakdown. Yeah, so I rewatched it. Yes, it was because it was a response to Justin Timberlake's "Crimea River." Yes, and. So it was supposed to be her drowning in the bathtub, like committing suicide. Yeah. But they made her rewrite it. Right. And make her pop up at the end and be like, mm, just kidding. Yeah. Like it was all a dream. Right. But she's like, no, I want to. I like she was pushing really hard. And they're like, we can't release this. Like yeah. this is yeah. this is really it's bad. Too dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's too dark. But I mean, it shows like a like a, a really bad alter, altercation between mm-hmm. the boyfriend and then like there's like throwing glass and like and she goes in and she like gets in the bathtub and yeah. It like we didn't see signs like no. <laughs> y'all didn't see that she was asking for help a long time ago. I'm like I'm blaming Jive on that one. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like that record label, y'all got some explaining to do. Yeah, like whoops. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, but this has been fun. This has been fun. I've enjoyed it, and we appreciate you guys stopping back in. Hopefully, you um, want to have a little social catch up with us later this week. We'll, we like to drop those on Fridays, so hopefully y'all been loving them. I know. 
<laughs> keep it up. I know. I well, we didn't know that we could uh, deep dive so much on social social issues, but pop we love it. Hey, we love it. We're here <laughs> we for it. love yeah. the pop culture. <laughs> but it's real, real fun because it's something that we talk about. I know. Like. It's like we should probably be talking about this on air because we talk about it all the time it's great it's great so thanks for tuning in don't Mm -hmm. forget to rate us leave us the five five stars stars. we do enjoy those um like we pushes us a little bit yeah it really does help the podcast and we we want to grow we want to grow and do big things and we would love your support every step of the way yes so thank you Thanks for sharing your time with us. Help keep the CZL momentum going by rating our podcast and writing a review. If you love what you heard in today's episode, snap a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us. 